listening to Female VC Lab, a podcast that showcases the journeys of female investors. My name is Barbara Bickham, and I am an award-winning CTO and VC that teaches companies and investors about emerging technology. I am sitting down with female VCs and investors to talk about their funds, how they invest, and how they make an impact. Welcome to the Female VC Lab Podcast. I have Edith here in one line. Give me your name, your title, and the name yeah. of your fund. My name is Edith Young. I'm a general partner at Race Capital. Wonderful. So tell me a little bit what inspired you to become a venture capitalist. Barbara, it's going to sound really weird, but actually no one really asked me why before. And I really thought hard about this. But no just- one's asked you why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I want to share with you two story and what really triggered me. I really thought hard about this one, but I'm not necessarily trying to tell you my whole life story per se, but I actually was mm-hmm. trained as a classical pianist. Oh, wow. So That's I think cool. I was six, six years old. And for a long time, like when I was trained to be a pianist, I really don't understand why I had to sit there for hours and hours until much later on in life. So I studied like a total of about 12 years when I wow. like got to 16 I finally get a chance to play with other people. And then when I moved to the U, I'm originally from Hong Kong. When I moved to the U.S., my high school actually have a show choir. So I was actually playing oh, wow. like Elton John with my show choir, like dancing and playing. And I finally mm-hmm. understand like the magic of being like part of something where you study so long, you're really good at one thing. When you think everything comes together, it's just magical. But later on, I realized... It's going to sound horrible, but I realized I wasn't really good enough as a concert pianist. And so when I went to the Well, that's okay. You had the epiphany, right? You had it early. Yeah, actually, when I was like 12, 13, I realized I wasn't good enough. My cousin became a professional uh, violinist. Oh, wow. But beside the point, I went to college. I studied engineering and I went to Purdue and then when I first started working, this is like web one many years ago, what I was doing all day long was fixing bugs. And I was pretty good at what I was doing. And then later on, I was like a DBA. And I thought, wow, this is so boring. I didn't that is boring. I agree. And I, I didn't understand <laughs> like the, the big picture of being a good engineer, how it fit into mm-hmm. everything until much later on, I started working at Xebo, like Oracle, yeah, uh, working with different customers. I worked at uh, Autodesk, and and I really got to see. Wow, I'm doing very specific things, really deep. But what really satisfy and really get me excited is that seeing the big picture of it. And I bring these two things up because I think venture capital actually forced us, like you, Barbara, and yes. myself, a race where. We actually have to think about the big picture from day one, all the time. The minute, not it's not only about the know-how being engineer or a founder really good at one thing, but how like this one thing and like the band, the like the orchestra that they put together fit in to the big picture of the world. And I love it. 
And even though I think being trained as a pianist or engineer get me to at least get a better sense of, okay, is this founder or engineer bullshitting me or not? Correct. But, That's a benefit. But the insp- like the part that it really get me excited is wow, like I can actually I can get to see the big picture on a daily basis, and that's mm-hmm. is something that really get get me up at night and like excited to get out of bed because this is something that is just so fun to to do every day. Yeah, that's awesome. I agree. You always have to be looking at the big picture strategically all the time. Yep, and that's that is fun. Because you can have some interesting thinking. thinking. Yeah, and then we force a particular, Barbara, you also focus on early stage. Yes. And in many cases, the shapes of form, it's not even form. It's, you basically look at this like egg. It's not even hatch. And But there's so right. much imagination that we can foresee and the vision that the founder is trying to do. And we are just part of their journey. It's just so amazing. Yeah, and it's an honor to to have founders that want you to be a part of their journey. That's like really, that's an honor to me. Yeah, absolutely. So what is your investment thesis and the motivation behind your thesis? Yeah, so my investment, our race capital for us, we focus on seed, pre-seed of all things infrastructure software. Oh, okay. means our founders, their customers are mostly engineers. Have a lot to do with my background, actually, before Race Capital, I was at 500 Startups. Uh, oh, during, okay. I, I was a solo GP. And during my time at 500, I got the chance to invest in a company called Solana in January 2018. Oh, okay. Really thankful. And then I look back, some of my best investments are actually all developer-focused, developers' tools for the Things that the way that I see Solana is the the Amazon Web Services for Web3. So we're seeing a lot of the platforms and tools that still need to be built for Web3. 100%. But for us, it's not only Web3 or Web2. I think just in general, the world on the fundamental like fabric of the internet, regardless is security or data or or machine learning or communication, there's just so much more need to be built and we're super excited about it. 100%. We look at that on the quantum computer side as well. What are the tool sets that are going to need to be built to enable and empower all? That's right. Because if you don't have that, then you're back to the kind of command line, typical developer. It's exclusionary at some levels. Because how then do you go about building on these things? And you have to have all these specialized skill sets. And if you, the other thing I look at from a kind of strategic or trend side is if you look at all these low code, no code, minimal code tools that are creating these massive businesses, you have to look at that and say, what really is unique that needs to be built? And it is that tooling. That's right. And I actually think that the tooling, have, I'm, I actually started my career in Web One, and is Web One. <laughs> and, and Web One is all about like information economy, right? So Web Two is all about like social interactive platform companies, and Web Three for us, I'm like mind balling. It's just crazy for me to think about where now the participant, the user, also own a piece. That's powerful. And, that's very powerful. That's the that's supposed to be the promise of crypto at some levels. You are your own bank. But that's now right. you can own your own whatever it is at this point. I think taking back your data, like taking back the data, yep. it ends up creating a different kind of virtualized ownership now. 
Yeah, totally. And I think that it's just so magical to think about where, and it's definitely infiltrating like all kind from you being in LA, Hollywood, on people super excited about like the trend, the um, music, media, yeah. and or from finance point of view for all kinds. But I really think that Web3 is so much more than just crazy crypto and token prices. There's just no, I agree. The way I look at Web3, I look at it as user interface. How are you now going to interact? And it's no longer going to be like a flat web page where we go to a URL. It's just going to be like, here's this flat web page. And we have some maybe some kind of cool little gifts on here it's going to completely change that yeah because if everyone could have a decentraland or a sandbox or a roblox or a what's the other one minecraft right like you've created your own little world and everybody can do that that's powerful yeah it's too super exciting but yeah so sometimes we call ourselves we like to invest in plumber because of the plumbing of things yes and i guess i was trained as a plumber pianist and engineer and now we're investing in plumbing as am I, I was trained as a plumber. I wrote many things that oh. were modems, things were a lot of kernel level, a lot of infrastructure on a lot of these machines that didn't exist. And so I believe in the plumbing and tooling infrastructure as well. Yep. Because totally. like you said, there's still a lot to be built. Yep. There's yep. still a lot to be built. And there's still a lot of room for many people to participate in that way. Yeah, we were super excited about it. I'm glad we we're on the same boat. <laughs> Absolutely. So what are you currently learning or listening to or reading these days? So I, it's going to sound funny. I actually should have known about this. First off, now we need to listen to our, the, your the podcast. Female VC Lab podcast. Thank you so right. much, Edith. Yes, um, absolutely. I've been getting into the whole streak of listening to more podcasts lately. So in awesome. addition to your podcast, as well as the Acquire podcast, I learned so much listening to Ben and David, particular just finished listening to this older story that they did on a TSMC, Taiwan Semiconductor. And it was, I think it's two parts part series talking about Morris Chang, the, oh. the founder of TSMC. I, I just super ins- inspired. And yeah, I didn't realize that this, one of the biggest company in the world was actually seeded by, a, by the government fund, which is hmm. quite surprising. And, and it's just so fascinating to hear, which is somebody who started his company in his 50s and, and then actually wanted to retire, but then came back out in his 70s because he really wanted to get the deal done supporting Apple iPhone. I just think it's so fascinating. And entrepreneurship spirit have is definitely ageless. And if you 100%. really believe in something, then you make it happen. And I thought it was just one of the most inspiring story I heard lately. And I really love that. That's wonderful. So bonus question, everyone gets it. Everyone knows what it is now. It used to be a surprise. But in two years, how do you see venture capital or investing changing or evolving? A, a few things. I think what's but the way that I actually see myself and not only really a investor, but also a fund manager. Yeah. And as a fund manager, the way of things that we need to learn is so much more than venture capital before. There's a lot um, to learn now. Jeez. Yeah. And, and, to learn. and have a lot to do with not just like the art of investing. I actually wrote an article that talks about the difference between Web 2 and Web 3 investing. Obviously, the Web 3 part has a lot to do with the token side of things, which the token economics. That's a small part of it. Yeah, token Potentially, because it could be just a metaverse, That's which right. may or may not have a token. Yeah, and you don't need a token to be a Web 3 no, company, by the way. No, you don't. 
And but I do think that the token side is here. The token part of investing is here to stay. So yes. that will continue to grow that pie. And meanwhile, I think two, three years from now, a lot of the exit, I think being a fund manager is not only the art of investing, but the art of exit and liquidity to think about that part as well. Where exactly. I'm glad you brought that up, Edith. Yeah. I think about that all the time. Yep. How do you get up the return? Yep. And yep. I say this, I say, I noticed you, you mentioned you did Solano, so you've invested in some crypto companies. But I said, when the United States figures this out, then people like you and me will be very, we'll be able to make a lot of liquidity events. Because <laughs> yeah. we have some fundamental understandings that some other people don't, right? And that gains us an advantage in that way. Yeah. And in some sense, I think hopefully two years, two, three years from now, a lot of the regulatory compliance will all sort itself out. And yeah, they, I think so. Yeah, they're going through it now. I think it's a part of the journey being in the US. They're going to be some night fight and things is going to slowly occur up and there's going to be some crash. And I think it's just part of the journey. So I hopefully two or three years from now, a lot of these things will be more clear up and it's not as scary as everybody say or the media portray it as. And it's a growing industry and I'm super excited about it. That's great. That's great. So how do people contact you? I'm super easy to find. You can follow me on Twitter, Edith Young, E-D-I-T-H-Y-E-U-N-G on Twitter. Or the easiest, even better way is a really web one way. It's just email me, which is edith at raise.capital. Look forward to learning more. Wonderful. So thank you so much, Edith Young from Race Capital for being my guest on the Female VC Lab podcast. Thank you, Barbara. This episode is brought to you by Trail and Ventures. Find and invest in the next billion dollar emerging tech company. Sign up for our exclusive content at https colon slash slash trailin T-R-A-I-L-Y-N.com to find out more. Find us on Apple on Spotify, and on Google Podcasts. Thank you for listening.